listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata coming to you from Fukushima here in Japan. Thank you for joining me again for this episode. Wow, it is really beautiful at this time of the year here in Fukushima. If you're wondering, it's kind of cool in the morning, about 6 to 10 degrees in the morning, and then sort of low 20s, like 20, 18 degrees in the daytime, beautiful sunny days. Yes, that's where we are at the moment here in my world. So today I have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you. Her name is Nina Cataldo. She is the leader of Hafu Ladies, which is a group for women who identify as half Japanese or mixed race Japanese. And she is also the co-founder of the Brave and Bold Mastermind Program for Asian Women Entrepreneurs. She does so many amazing things. She's travel writing. She's a DEI facilitator, multicultural communication specialist, and she's based in Tokyo at the moment. And she also grew up in the United States and as well after she was born in Japan. So she's definitely spent a lot of her life going back and forward between Japan. And yeah, she has some great things to talk about today about being Hafu, which is a word that often has been used in a derogatory sense for people who are half Japanese. But Nina and her Hafu ladies have taken back that word. And so they have a very large group of Hafu women all around the world. And she and her team lead that group. We'll be talking a little bit more about that today. And so if you are the parent of a child who is half Japanese, then this may be an excellent episode for you. I'd love you to listen and hear about what Nina is doing. I had an eye-opening experience myself listening to Nina speaking on another podcast that really helped me to see that my children's experience growing up in Japan is not necessarily the same as my experience of being a foreigner who has immigrated to Japan. And that sort of really helped me to understand more about what they may be experiencing and to listen more carefully to them when they tell me about things that are happening in their lives and what, you know, things that are happening in school. So, yes, I think this is a fabulous episode and I'm so glad to have had Nina on the show. She's been a listener since the very beginning. So now that's been nearly four years and I really appreciate that she has listened and now having her on the show as well was just a really great privilege. So let's get on with today's episode. 
Hey, Nina. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much, Jane, for having me here today. I'm very excited. So for those of you who don't know Nina, Nina, you've actually been a listener Yes. Of the podcast for a while. Since the beginning. When did you start listening? <laughs> since, the, since the beginning, since <laughs> I was in my closet with my iPhone talking about myself. <laughs> You've been listening. So thank you so much for being a listener for such a long time. And it's so great to have listeners come on the show, but also in your own right, not just because you're a listener, but uh, to have you come and talk about all the great things we're going to talk about today. So for those who don't know who Nina is, please tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah, who you are and who you help. All right. So my name is Nina Cataldo. I am located in Tokyo, Japan, and I am a DEI facilitator and also transitioning to be a life and identity coach and business accelerator coach as well. Wow. On top of being a travel writer and translator from time to time. Yeah, I see you doing so many different things. It's so like there's always something that you're up to. It's amazing. Tell me what do those coaches do? Like you said, what was it? A life? Yeah, life and identity coach. Life and identity coach. Yeah. What does a life and identity coach do? <laughs> so it's a new career brand that I'm starting, but basically I really want to help people, other women who want to feel more comfortable in their own skin, basically. So as a racial, multicultural, bilingual person myself, I think I have a lot of life experience and knowledge that I can help others with and to help them through any mind blocks, any situations in their life that they want to go through and work through to feel more confident and comfortable. And it goes in hand in hand with the community that I started a few years ago, Hafu Ladies, which is a community for mixed-faced Japanese women, half-Japanese women like myself. And yeah, that has been a really inspirational journey I've taken over the last three years. So I wanted to expand that out to actually start working with one-on-one -on -one clients as well as group coaching. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your journey to Japan. So how is it that we're talking to each other on this podcast today? <laughs> Yeah, it's a unexpected one, actually. So I was born in Tokyo to a Japanese mother and American father, and I lived here until I was eight years old, which at that point we moved to the United States, to Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I grew up there, went to college there, and at university in Seattle, I did an exchange program with Sophia University in Tokyo. And that was for a semester. I wanted to come here so I could spend more time with my grandmother. So I was living at my grandma's house with my aunt and my grandma going to Sophia. And I just hated it. Really? Hated it, hated it, hated mm. it. Yeah, I'm a pretty big nerd. So I love education. I went to a small liberal arts school, really loved the discussion-based hands-on education and some people love Sophia that's fantastic for me it wasn't the right kind of environment to learn so I had a really difficult time enjoying the classes I was taking and also feeling a bit isolated because I wasn't living in the dorms with the other exchange students I was living at home so I think that was a bit of okay. a different experience mm. right it was great to spend a lot more time with family but it was just not the Tokyo experience that I wanted and I made this huge declaration that I was never going to live in this city that I was a country girl wanted to go back to Oregon <laughs> and all of this um, but while I was here I did some freelance work for some companies 
which then led to a job offer that I wasn't expecting uh, for when I graduated a year after. So I had no actual plans to move back to Tokyo, but got this job offer as a writer for a publishing firm. And I just said, let's give it another chance just for a year. Sure. <laughs> just for a year. Famous last and words. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here we are six years later. <laughs> mm, okay. So yeah, the Japan vortex sucked you in eventually <laughs> after yeah. that. Yeah, it must have been disappointing thinking that you were going to go to Sophia University. I've heard great things about Sophia University. Yeah. A lot of people rave about it, but your experience wasn't quite yeah, how you were imagining it. Yeah, exactly. And it was great for some things. I still have some fantastic friends I made there and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. It just was a bit of a shock to the system, I guess, seeing the difference of the education system, the higher ed system in Japan versus the United States. And what it, was some of the, the yeah. differences that you were shocked about? Ah, uh, well, from yeah, from what I experienced, and this is only based on the three courses that I could take throughout the semester. But from my experience, it was very much the memorize what right. the teacher tells you and spit it back out. Don't ask questions. Or um, one class was just the entire semester's grade was based on two papers, like one paper and a presentation we did. And not many people showed up to the classes. People were sleeping in class. Like <laughs> it was very different from my experience at Seattle University, which is at max 30 people in a class. Oh, wow. Most of my mm. classes were about 15 people. And 80 to 90% of our grades were based on discussions and showing up to class and really being involved. And I, I love that setting. So it was very different from what I was used to in that sense. Yeah, I've heard some, I mean, obviously not all universities are the same in Japan, but some of the really mm -hmm. random things I've heard, like there's a PTA and I'm like, what? Surely there's no, <laughs> there's no PTA after junior high school like yeah right. yeah some there's like some parent things you have to be involved in and I've heard parents traveling across the country to get to these PTA events and I'm like right really wow, wow. <laughs> uniforms and allowed to have PSDs like I'm like it's not an extension of high school surely but right. yeah that's not every university but yeah, yeah, there was, are some really interesting ones out there in this country, that's for sure. Yeah, mm. it was also really interesting because in uh, the U.S., the entire school basically is run by students in a sense. Of course, we have faculty and staff, but most of the departments on campus have office assistants and such that are all student workers. The cafeteria is all student oh, really? workers. Mm. And so I worked at the career services office. Brilliant. So I got to really learn from being an office assistant there about the career journey from starting from college on and such and everyone in the administration the first person you talk to when you call is a student who's working there so it's an enriching um, opportunity for students to actually get real life working experience wow. essentially but mm. at Sophia University when I was picking out my classes and had some questions when I call everyone's a, a staff member but actually don't have any connections to the students so I felt like there was such a bureaucratic but also just a very separate a huge separation from the actual student life mm. experience to the actual people running the university and that was also very eye-opening mm. to me wow Seattle universities what a what a sort of 
innovative kind of way to run the university that's great yeah <laughs> I guess so yeah. yeah interesting okay yeah so you found yourself unexpectedly in Japan and now you've got a, quite a few I want to say plates you're spinning but <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I'm a woman of many trades I guess <laughs> and is this sort of a like a um a multi-potential like kind of character trait you have or just like lots of interests or oh yeah I've always been a very curious person I'm very blessed to grow up as an only child that my parents let me do a lot of different things so I've always had a variety of different after-school activities I was involved in and such and I think that kind of carries on to who I am as an adult I'm just always wanting to dive into different projects and things which can be a double-edged sword at times, (laughs) but it has led to a lot of unexpected opportunities, especially in Tokyo, everything from the music scene to the tourism scene to tourism industry to what I'm doing now as well. So there are definitely many things I've done, but at the same time, it all kind of leads to this one brand that I've been creating and molding for the over the last few years. Yeah, definitely. And when you try these new things, you sometimes don't know how it's going to end up. But in the end, it'll, yeah, all of the breadcrumbs you've left behind do lead towards this new whatever it is that you're doing now. And yeah, yeah, train you for now. And I know you were on the peace boat as well, right? And sailed around the world and did all of that. That must have been amazing training for, yeah, some of the things you, you are working on at the moment, which I would love to ask you about now, yeah. especially, yeah, tell us about, you've got, um, you've got sort of two demographics that you're working with. One is kind of the adults and then there's the younger people. And so for the adults, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the grown-ups, tell us a bit about your brave and bold mastermind that you have going. Yeah, so the Brave and Bold Mastermind program is a program for Asian women entrepreneurs to help them accelerate in life and in business. So entrepreneurs, as well as people wanting to take their passion projects to the next level, those are the types of women that we work with, my business partner, Christy Ishii, and I. And we just had our first cohort in April. And that was a very intimate cohort, but a really fantastic first group of women that we got to work with, some in actual merchandise, as well as some that are creating their own communities. And yeah, it was, it was a great program. It was a great beta program. um, And we learned a lot from that. And we're so excited to continue working with Asian women entrepreneurs going forward. We're doing a retreat in November. Uh, November 21st for those who are on Japan time and that is going to be a retreat to virtual retreat to dig deeper into understanding ourselves and what our values are who we are at the core have guest speakers come Mm -hmm. as well as an opportunity to network with other women in order to kind of set the grounding for our launch of our program starting in January and it is a two-part three-month program and people can decide to join for just one of the three-month programs or do the entire six months and what we'll do is help them go on this journey to discovering themselves really understanding who they are who their target market is what their business is about at the core 
and to uh, then move on to actually working out the logistics and technical side of either starting a business or running a business. And by the end of the six month, we really are confident in knowing that the the people will feel more uh, more confident and uh, be able to go strongly towards their business and to launch it out into the world. So that's this is more aimed at people who are just sort of getting started yeah. or want someone to sort of go along on the journey with them getting started with yeah. this idea that they maybe have yeah. they've been sitting on or exactly generally about the first one to three years of a business so it could be in the infancy mm-hmm. of a business or someone who again wants to take it to the next level and just wants uh, help honing their their messaging their idea their their actual product more etc mm-hmm So that's starting in January. And then we have something which is very close to my heart, which is your uh, Hafu Ladies. I know you have your Hafu Ladies group, which is sort of for older, Uh older people. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about that to start with. So how did this all come about? So Hafu Ladies is a global community for mixed race Japanese women or women with roots in, uh, to Japan. And the whole concept, the whole community is centered around the three pillars of embracing ourselves and our identities, to educate ourselves and one another, and to empower as well. And how it came about three years ago was that basically at that point I was living in Japan for about three years. And I just felt really out of place being mixed race. I thought I was coming back to Japan as a Japanese person, but wasn't being treated as so by society. And it really took me a long time to get my grounding to feel comfortable with myself and to be able to express myself in this society, basically. And I was fortunate enough to find a community of other hafus and really connected with them and just loved the gatherings, the social events and such we had. But I felt like there was a piece missing about this crossover being a woman as well as being Hafu and saw that there was no safe space or community for us, just us women to be able to to connect with one another. So with that, I decided to just start a community of my own. (laughs) And that, yeah, exactly. And um, now we have 1,200 members worldwide. That's a lot and, of members. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Mm. It, it is. And it's all on Facebook. And that's why it's a bit of the older crowd, as in people who can navigate Facebook sure. on people their own. People are allowed to have a <laughs> Facebook account. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's a really interactive community. We've had uh, social gatherings in Tokyo, as well as recently did one in New York, now that the pandemic is starting to dwindle a bit. And we've also done a lot of online events around linguistics and identity and yoga and dance and journaling and things like that. And it's been a really great way to connect with people all around the world who have similar backgrounds or who can truly from the core empathize with one another. Mm. So where's the most like mind-blowing place that you have a member that you were like, when you saw they're like, wow, I don't know. Somewhere in the world majority of our members are either in the United States or Japan. Mm -hmm. I'll have to Mm -hmm. look at the stats, but we do have (laughs) 
<laughs> it might be like Iceland yeah. or something like yeah, really, I I, I, really yeah, random. I, I don't think mm. I, that I can think of right now off the top of my head places like countries in Africa or even like Russia. I don't even know if we have any members that are based in those areas but a lot of European mm. um, based people as well. Mm. Australia is a huge one right. too. Yeah. So this is for, as we were just saying, for the sort of older people, but um, yeah, I am a parent of a Hafu, not quite teen girl and a boy who's mm-hmm. seven. Um, yeah. So I'm very interested in a new initiative that you, you are also developing at the moment, which is for mm-hmm. younger kids. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we are very close to finally, finally launching (laughs) a community for younger kids who identify as mixed race Japanese or third culture kids in Japan. It's also going to be an extension with the parent support network. So we're going to have our own community for the parents to be able to connect with one another and to have actual mentors from the Hoffa ladies community be the ones guiding you, moderating you and moderating the group and guiding you through any questions or concerns you have. And for the kids to be able to connect with one another to do monthly events where online, where they can come together, we'll have a theme, we'll talk about it and get to know each other, no matter where they are in Japan or they might be outside of Japan. A lot of kids who are in rural parts of Japan, especially don't have a lot of other third culture or Hafu kids around them. So this is a fantastic way for them to be able to connect with one another online and to be able to meet mentor figures who resemble themselves. So this is going to start off as a program just for girls between elementary and middle school. So yeah, and they'll be broken up by age group. And we'll have different topics that we talk about, have guest speakers come in to talk about different career paths, life paths, just interesting stories, and to do fun activities together as well. Um, And I think what's important about it is, you know, we're not going to just be sitting on the video calls to only dissect the identity and, and point out things that make them different from the society. It's, I just I want to really create a space where they can subconsciously know that there is something that ties everyone in there together, but that they can do quote unquote normal activities like talk about TV shows or do a fun game together and just normalize being in that setting as well. I think there's so much power in creating a community like that. And I myself as a Hafu know that I didn't know any older girls who were like myself growing up and I think if I did know someone like that it would make a huge difference it's different from having parents who are supportive especially if the one parent is a Japanese and the other from another country they as much as they could be supportive and engaging with their mixed race kid it's so different to have an older mentor figure who actually has that resemblance and similarity as themselves that the parents might just not be able to understand fully so I really want to create that community and a safe space for the girls to be able to basically come up to us mentors and be able to talk about anything that they want to eventually um, that they might not feel comfortable talking to their parents about or maybe their parents don't get fully as well 
Exactly. Yes. And it was not that long ago that I realized that this was a thing that I was not understanding. And it was thanks to listening to you on, I think it might've been Jennifer Shinkai's podcast you were on or maybe it was Sarah Furia as one of those <laughs> amazing women's podcasts I was listening to you speaking about this and I was like oh right I have not really noticed that I mean because you know my daughter and I look very similar mm-hmm. you know we both look like mother and daughter so I sort of thought she would be having the same experience as me living in Japan but she is Japanese mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm a New Zealander living in Japan. She is someone who is, you know, growing up in Japan as a Japanese citizen. Mm-hmm. So her experience is not the same as mine. Whoa. Yeah. So right. mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> and also from my husband, I explained to him as well. I said, you are Japanese. You, know, you are seen as belonging here. Nobody's ever questioned you about whether, you know, where are you from? Or, you know, when are you going back to your country Mm -hmm. ever in your life? Because this is obviously where you're from and people around you don't question you. Whereas this is these, our children, this is their experience is completely different to your experience growing up. And of course, my experience is different because I came here as a foreigner. And that's another thing. It's completely different to their experience. So having that pointed out to me by you during this podcast, I was like, ah, I need to listen more as to what my daughter is telling me because it's not just mm-hmm. complaining that this yeah. is something she's experiencing yeah. and I don't understand it because I've yeah I haven't I haven't lived that and I'm not you know I'm not the same we just you know we're right. she's obviously <laughs> half of me but right. <laughs> we're not same same not same same at all so yeah I was really grateful to know that now at this early age of 10, so she's 10 now, so um, before we get too far down the track. Right. And yeah, then to hear about, oh, that you're doing this, I thought this is fantastic. You know, I would love for her to know, and for my son too, in the future, to know more people that are ahead of them in the game that they can look up to and, right. and learn from and say, wow, look at what they're doing with their amazingness of being half Japanese. We actually have a babysitter who comes to our house um, about once a week and he is half Japanese, half Canadian. Oh, yeah. And so my son's eyes are just like, he's just, you know, he's just like, oh, it's my hero kind of thing. You know, this is so much bigger than him. And, you know, yeah, it's it's amazing. (laughs) But I really love that they have a chance to interact because they, he, the babysitter remembers what it was like to be in the fourth grade in a Japanese school in the same city right. that they like he's from here so he's been to the right. you know, maybe not the same school but in the city and so he understands where they're coming from and they talk about stuff and how boring this is or whatever you know it's just daily life <laughs> stuff but yeah to talk about it together as someone who really gets their experience and and it's interesting yeah. that their choice of language is English that they're speaking together in even though we're in Japan. So I, I thought that was <laughs> that was just an interesting aside. But yeah, I was so mm-hmm. grateful to find a person, one person to show them, oh, look, you know, this is what happens when you get bigger. You yeah. know, <laughs> this is one way. Um, yeah, where can we find more of these these kinds of role models? So yes. Right. Yeah, and it's 
what, what's the name of this going to be? Uh, has it got a name yet? Oh, it doesn't. And I'm oh. happy to, <laughs> I'm happy to get some ideas right now. We just have um, the Parents Support Network by Hafu Ladies, which mm-hmm. will be the group name for the Facebook, private Facebook group name mm-hmm. for the parents. But I've been playing around with some ideas for the name. Like what? For example, let's just like bounce <laughs> some ideas off each other. <laughs> yeah, I was, this is maybe silly. I, I thought of like Generation M for like, mixed multicultural and magical I don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I've actually Mm. I have a whole list of ideas of names that I've been working on for years (laughs) to be yeah to be honest Um, okay yeah Yeah. well I've got one for you how about this one Hafu Girls Club that is so original I actually thought about it and yeah I love it personally love it and it I wasn't I'm not sure if it's completely inclusive but yeah that's yeah, the thing and and I know that the word yeah. hafu in itself is a very controversial word and especially among mm. parents a lot don't like that term respectively I mm. understand but at the same time it is a word that I think a lot of us have taken back mm. the meaning of mm. and own but yeah I don't know if it's inclusive in the sense if I want to include you know third culture kids yeah. and stuff as mm. well so yeah but I love it <laughs> because sometimes I just get these things this just pop into my head and I was like well I'll just I'll just tell you but you probably already thought of it because not particularly original <laughs> I yeah I was inspired actually when I was watching the babysitters club right? reboot yeah. on Netflix which is a great show also for girls <laughs> I grew up like, reading those you know, books and love oh yeah me too in fact, when that I saw there was a TV show, I was like, oh, I can't watch it because my childhood memories might be ruined, you know, of like reading the books and then seeing True. a TV show and be like, no, oh, no, yeah. no, Mallory does not look like that. No, no Christy does not look like that. What are you doing to Claudia? They put that, no. <laughs> anyway. Right, no. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, going back to talking about mm. role models and having a community like this, it's it's interesting because every once in a while I get a comment from a parent being like, oh, my daughter, my kid is comfortable with who they are. They know who they are. They don't need a community like this. And Mm. to that, I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, I I wonder if your child would say anything different from (laughs) what you're saying for them, first off. And like, sometimes you don't even know that you need something until you try it out. Exactly. You know, that's how I think therapy works Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. That's how coaching works (laughs) for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you can be totally confident in who you are and be able to carry yourself gracefully through this, this society in Japan or throughout the world as a mixed race person, totally fine on your own. But like, imagine how much more could come out of finding mm. sisterhood or finding a community where like you can go to if you need or to just make new friends who just get you in a different way from the other already great friends you have yeah you, you never know what could come out of it I don't think it could be a negative thing you know no exactly I think more community is generally not a bad thing yeah. <laughs> um especially these days when we're sort of more and more isolated than mm-hmm. ever before from communities from families yeah 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 definitely more community the better yeah so if some of the parents are listening and they're like how can I get my child (laughs) into your program when it launches where should they go yeah so we are just about to launch the Hafu Ladies website in November so there you can go there and there will be a sign-up sheet for this free information session and get to know each other type of event that we'll be hosting in November 
And so for that, yeah, you'll be able to do a sign up and you'll get an email. You can get on our list serve. And for that event, it will be half the time the kids will get to talk and get to know each other. I'll have some little prompts and such for them to talk amongst each other um, and to get to know me as well. And then the latter half of the session will be a presentation for the parents and a Q&A session. So any burning questions you have, any curiosities, or if you just want to um, meet me virtually and get to know me and what, uh, why I'm so passionate about this, that will be a great event to attend. And we'll have two different sessions, one for parents with elementary school kids and one for parents with middle school kids. And yeah, and at that session, you'll get more information about how we'll be conducting the mm. upcoming mentorship program and the monthly events we'll ho hold starting in the new year. Very good. So when I sign my kid up for something, I'm always keen to know how much of my time is going to be required. <laughs> it's mm. kind of selfish, yeah. um, but you know, in Japan, oh. a lot of stuff is really over the top. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, we often avoid things like this, but yeah. So parents yeah. don't really need to be involved, need to be involved. What sort of involvement no. are you sort of looking at? We're really hoping that the parents can can actually be out of it as much as possible right you don't need us yeah right and as long yeah. as since it'll be you know zooms and online stuff if they're younger kids they might need a little help logging in or whatnot but aside from that when we conduct the events and sessions we want it to be truly a safe space for the kids where they can be in it without their parents hovering or being there in the same place with them basically this is a program created for them by people like them so yeah not much from the parents perhaps you know email exchanges emails to send you the link and things like There's that some admin and, in the background exactly exactly keep it on the calendar that sort of yeah. thing yeah yeah mm. but all righty um, yeah it'll be for the kids it'll be for the kids that's awesome yeah my daughter does some online classes without school I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard of out yeah. school yeah it's amazing and so she she loves going to those classes she meets kids all over the world and she does various art classes so yeah it's been that's been a great sort of practice for her she'll be keen to get in there once this totally. is launched we'll be we'll be first on your list oh, yeah so and <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to tell me about today, which we haven't talked about? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I have a question for you. Sorry. What would you say to parents of Hafu kids in Japan? What would be your something you'd like them to know that they could take away from this episode and maybe have a, a really great conversation with their kids about or I don't know, something oh. that might help yeah. um, their kids today, you know? with their experience of growing up in Japan. I think I want to let them know that it isn't always rainbows and butterflies. And as, as parents, I understand that the number one thing is every parent just wants to protect their child from anything bad in the world. And that in Japan, when an international family that can come out in the form of not raising the awareness that the kid might be different from others around them in the society but in reality unfortunately all of us who are a little different especially in Japanese society are going to face some prejudice and discrimination from time to time that is the reality of it and I think it's really important for parents to know that 
you need to be able to prepare the kids for that. And by preparing them, it also empowers the kids to be able to be themselves and be confident. So please don't shy away from talking about identity. Please um, uplift them to embrace who they are. And I'm sure a lot of parents already do that. But I know that some parents sometimes just avoid the conversation altogether as well. And it is difficult. It is really, really difficult to talk about things that the kids might be scared about. Learning about bullying, learning about the fact that they're different. No one wants to be really different from others, other kids, you know. But um, I think that preparation and starting to talk about topics that are going to pertain to third culture kids and hockey kids is so important. It's only going to make the kids stronger. It's only going to make them feel more in control of any situation that they face in Japan. And I'm always happy to answer questions if parents have them. I myself am not a parent, but I was <laughs> a kid experienced and yeah. I was a half a kid mm. yeah, once upon a time. So I have that lived experience and yeah, there's a lot that I learned from my parents that I'm so grateful for how they handled things. And there are things that my parents and I, now that I'm an adult can talk about together that we would have done differently as well. So it's really great to be able to have that insight. And I hope parents don't get scared to talk about this kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, it's just good to have an open mind and maybe you can't see it. But yeah, listen to your kids and what they're trying to tell you. And, you know, when they're younger, it's difficult for them to even articulate what it is totally. that they're experiencing. But yeah, now that my daughter is 10, she's able to sort of talk about it a lot more and tell me, you know, what the things she's experiencing here in her school. And, you know, we live in a more rural area. She and her brother, my son, are the only half of kids in the school. So they do experience a lot of mm-hmm. otherness or yeah in English class oh could you Mm. could you stand up the front and because the teacher can't do it properly could you read out the information this kind of stuff Uh, I had to teach the English class again today mummy this kind of stuff you know so funny I mean not in a bad way but you know for for her it's like why do I why do I have to teach the class you know why can't my teacher teach the class but anyway this is the things that they're they're dealing with so yeah be open-minded as to yeah their experience is what I will take away from that and yeah it would be great to yeah connect them with more kids who are just like them or you know like them in different ways as well yeah exactly yeah everyone's unique but it's really great to find people who just get you (laughs) and it's always yeah the commonalities that bring people together even if it's like in this particular group it's that you're half Japanese and and half something else you know the people who listen to this podcast we come together because we live in Japan but we're not from Mm -hmm. Japan potentially or we love Japan but we can't live in Japan at the moment or something you know there's some commonality that brings people Mm -hmm. together and that's what it's all about is finding that commonality amongst our uniqueness our snowflakeness as well yeah yeah absolutely Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that today. And I really wish you a lot of success with both of these things and all of the other things that you're doing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I really enjoy watching, you know, what you're up to now. Oh gosh, she's over there now. She's over there. <laughs> um, you know, I've been stuck in Fukushima. Well, not stuck, but it is my choice to be in Fukushima since January. I've not been anywhere much. So um, watching you traveling around is like, oh, I'm feeling tired just watching but oh oh <laughs> yeah a, yeah right definitely so. a tiring uh, 
gig and and anytime this the state of emergency has been lifted you know in bits and pieces over the last year and a half that's when all the travel tourism consulting work for me comes in so this month I'm supposed to go to like four different prefectures or something and uh, just living out of a suitcase so <laughs> it's well great, enjoy your enjoy your yeah home time while you can right because yeah. you're going to be going to be busy where are you going to be going for prefectures yeah so I'm going to Hokkaido and Kyoto and Tokushima and potentially Wakayama wow that's yeah. like from one end to the other just about of of Japan all over yeah yeah exciting <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of the in, in Kyoto I'm staying at a place that's yen a night so that's what ten thousand yeah yeah for... not yeah. juman no. Shakuman. yeah I, I a million to... yen a night yeah <laughs> no. I was like how could it and funny thing is it's it's like a temple stay and the temple's name is my name and it's the same kanji as my name. It was meant to be. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's That's called, too weird. Right? It's called <laughs> Ninaji. And the ni. Ninaji. Yeah, yeah. And the ni for it is my my name's kanji. So like, what? Right. This is crazy. <laughs> so that's Ninaji in Kyoto. Mm -hmm. I think I've been to that temple. It's oh. kind of in the north, right? Is it? I think so. Yeah. I just got a brief yesterday. So I'm trying to digest it all before the trip. But <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not in the center of the city or anything like that, somewhere else in the prefecture. Yeah, yeah, I think I know the temple you're talking about. Yeah, I think I've been there. A um, bit of a Kyoto otaku. Oh, here. nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like just imagining this yakumai, yakumai and stay. Yeah, my mom was like, the bed must be made out of gold or something. Gold, like. <laughs> and, yeah, gold toilet paper. and. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Because that's what comfortable. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. hilarious well I can't wait to see whatever comes out of this this yeah, stay that you're going on <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the show today Nina it was really lovely to chat with you and yes all the best yeah thank you so much I really appreciate you giving me a platform and a voice to be able to share everything I'm passionate about and very excited to continue sharing it with the world as well no 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 problem at all come back again and tell us how it's all going in in another year or so yeah we'll have a check in Definitely. Yeah, and hear about this yakuman nina juice <laughs> in more detail i'm sure everybody's dying to know about okay have a great day thank you so that was the episode with nina i hope you enjoyed hearing about what she's been up to First of all, just want to say how mind-blowing is that a hyakuman yen, hyakuman is a million yen, yeah, one million yen, and one million yen a night place she's going to stay and do travel writing about. And Nina told me after we pressed stop, the kind of work that she's doing today and getting to travel all over Japan with uh, her travel writing came from replying to a Craigslist advertisement that said, uh, do you want to earn 2,000 yen or something writing about traveling in Japan? And she thought, oh, okay, I'll give that a go. And later, you know, obviously not straight away, but now this is the kind of work that she gets to do. So we had a really great conversation about how you just never know by taking one action where that may lead. So that was a really fun little aside that we had after I pressed stop. 
But if you're thinking about, oh, I couldn't do that, well, just start somewhere and who knows where you'll end up is all I have to say. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to seeing what this Hyakumayana night place looks like. And I hope we will be able to see that either on Instagram or somewhere in, uh, in the work that Nina produces after this trip. Yeah, so if you are interested in your child joining the girls group, then please check out uh, the Hafu Ladies website. You can see the show notes have all that information about the different options that Nina has. Also for the mastermind as well, we have links in the show notes for that too. So go over and sign up, get on the list, all those things that you need to do if you want to hear more about that. And I just ask that anyone that does decide that they would like to join or have their children join this to be aware that this is the first time. So it's going to be a beta program and Nina and her team are still working out how it's going to go. And so if you would prefer to wait and join in the next round, potentially that's better. But I think there would really love some understanding families who are open-minded to join their group this time around. So if that's you, then yeah, definitely go over and support Nina and her team with starting up their very first round of this uh, group for girls, yeah. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening as always. We have some more interesting guests coming for you in the near future. I'll be recording with them again soon and it won't be long and it will be the end of the year. So. If you're listening to this episode, it's already nearly the middle of November or later. So the end of 2021 is rolling around very quickly. So I am hoping to bring in some more things to think about as we come towards another new year and another fresh start. You know, you always have a chance for a fresh start, whether it's in the morning, after lunch, on a Monday. On the first of the month, on your birthday, there's so many chances for a fresh start and the new year is just one of those, but it is a great chance to try new things. So yeah, what can we start thinking about now that might be great for next year? So keep your ears open for that coming soon. And thank you so much for listening as always. I hope you are safe and happy wherever you are in the world and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.